0: they don't understand real estate. They think real estate always goes up or they think real estate goes up steady. It does not. It has huge cycles. And if you don't understand the cycle, you're probably going to go bankrupt.
1: Best ever listeners, before we jump into today's episode, for all my fix and flippers out there are your financing costs eating away at your bottom line. And are you looking for a way to increase your overall profits by lowering your loan payments to the bank or maybe your private lender? Well, our best ever sponsor, Patch of Land. You know Patch of Land. They've been on the show. Representatives of their company have been on the show many times. They've been a sponsor of this show many, many times. They're back for more because they love you. And they love working with the best ever listeners. And they've got an interesting Point of view on interest rates and that is that it's the interest rates that we are quoted shouldn't necessarily be taken at face value because perhaps a higher interest rate could actually deliver a lower cost to your fix and flip loan and they have a white paper on how that is possible and how that is, can be applied to your fix and flip business to help your bottom line get more profitable and to help you choose the best uh, lender for your financing needs. So go to patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless and they've got a white paper for you and it will walk you through the way to evaluate interest rates in terms in general on your loan so that you truly are getting the best interest rate because there are some tricky things some lenders try to do to um, glaze over the fact that their lower interest rate, quote unquote, is actually higher based on some technical things that they put into it. So go to patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless and get that white paper so that you can save money on your fix and flip projects, patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluff. We've spoken to Emmett Smith, NFL Hall of Famer and real estate developer, Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, a whole bunch of others. What does it say? Ted Thomas. How you doing, Ted? I'm just doing fine. Good, nice to have you on the show. A little bit about Ted. Well, his focus is tax liens and tax deeds and investing in them. He is based in—is it Merritt Island, Florida? Did I get that right?
0: That's right. Yeah, everybody knows who that is. That's where the space center is. There you go. You can sit in my swimming pool and watch a space shot.
1: There you go. That's pretty cool. And you can learn more about him at his website, which is tedthomas.com. That will be in the show notes. So with that being said, Ted, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus. Sure.
0: My first career was an airline pilot. Then when I found out how much money I could make in real estate, well, I changed all that real quick and I resigned from the airlines and I started a real estate business. I was in the apartment business to start with. With investor money, we built a business up to round numbers, 200 million, and was doing very well. And then along came 1986, and that was the first huge real estate recession in the country. They have one about every 10 years. And it massively changed the market in that, that the market went down about 70 or 80%. And I had 2,000 apartments in Phoenix and another 2,000 over in California. And we went bankrupt, lost everything, everything. From there, I decided I was going to get in a business that didn't have a lot of risk. So that's how I got into the tax lien certificate business and tax default the property business, And I've been at that for well over 20 years, and I've been teaching it, and I'm a practitioner. I teach it all over the world. I teach it in Singapore. I teach it in Australia, all the provinces of Canada. We even do Bangkok, which is hard to believe, but people, there want to learn how to do it too because we teach them how to do it on the internet. So that's a great business. It always makes money, doesn't lose money, and it gets you out of the recession of real estate going up and down all the time.
1: Always makes money, doesn't lose money. Usually when I hear that I want to run the opposite direction because it sounds too good to be true. So help me understand that.
0: Good perception on your part. When they sell tax lien certificates, first of all, here's what a tax lien certificate is. Every property in the United States have a tax. Doesn't matter whether it's an office building, a home, anything that's real estate has a tax on it. That's called a property tax. In half of the states, if you don't pay your property tax, they issue a tax lien certificate. So let me give you some comparisons here now. So Florida, when they issue tax lien certificates, they issue them on people that didn't pay their tax. All right, a certificate in Florida, if you go in and pay someone else's tax, they give you the certificate. Now you own a certificate on that property, and that's a certificate that's issued by the government, pays up to 18%. If the people don't pay the certificate, you get the property. If they do come in and pay their taxes, then you get all your money back plus up to 18%. Texas-based 25%, place like Virginia, they sell tax deeds there at all different states. So different states sell either tax lien certificates or tax default property. So you're based in Cincinnati. Ohio is primarily a state where if the people don't pay their tax, what the state will do is they'll tell the county, all right, we want you to confiscate. That means they're going to seize that property and they sell it for starting bid back taxes with no mortgage. So there's two businesses in one. One is tax lien certificate. The only way you can buy a tax lien certificate is you give your money to the government, you get a check back from the government. That's about as safe as you're ever gonna get. The other business is buying tax defaulted properties for 10 cents, 20 cents, 30 cents on the dollar with no mortgage. That's what's exciting for people. So if they're entrepreneurial, like your clients probably are, they wanna be buying tax defaulted property. The starting bid is usually the back taxes, place like Los Angeles will have two to 4,000 properties, just one county now, not the state. They'll have approximately 2,000 properties at every auction. All starting bids are at the back taxes. So that kind of gives you kind of a nutshell view of what that business is. It's been around for 200 years. Anything that comes out of my mouth is 200 years old.
1: The 20-plus percent you mentioned Texas does. That is on a tax lien certificate, is that correct?
0: It's called a tax-defaulted property, and they issue a certificate. You actually get the deed in Texas, but it's redeemable by the client. So you get a deed. You get a deed to the property. The client comes in and pays. They have to give you back all your money that you invested plus 25%. They have to do that within 180 days. If they don't do it in 180 days, then you get the property.
1: Got it. All the money you invested plus 20%. And is that annual return or is that in total? So if you have it for five years, then it would be five years divided by 20. Well,
0: well, you wouldn't have it in five years. Every state's going to be different. So I'll give you some numbers now, but the only way you could learn this is you have to learn it state by state. So let's stay with Texas because you picked that one. So Texas, they will issue a certificate. So that's a certificate that's redeemable by the person that owns the property. So if I went in and paid the taxes on Ted Thomas's house in Dallas, and I paid $5,000. Then what would happen is I paid the tax, I got the certificate. Sometime in, in the next 180 days, it doesn't matter which day, but any day they come in to pay, they have to give me back my 5000 plus 25%. Okay. Yeah. So each state has its own rules, and that's because when they first started, the states were the colonies, you know, and as they went across the country, the states came in at a different time. If you know Texas doesn't mean you know Florida. If you know Florida doesn't mean you know New York. People can buy these. Now I've created courses. We actually can sit wherever you're sitting now in a studio or your kitchen table, we can buy from there online.
1: What state offers the highest return on the tax that you pay initially for the person who's defaulted?
0: Highest for tax lien certificate is Illinois. They pay 3% a month or 36% annualized.
1: So if you or an investor are doing this, why wouldn't you just focus on Illinois?
0: Well, you could if you wanted to, but people are provincial. They like to do things in their own place. Uh, People in Texas love to buy there. People in New York like to buy there. I just happen to teach all the United States because what I want to do is I created home study courses where people in Singapore can sit on their computer and they can buy here in Florida. I live here in Florida. I like to buy in New York. I bought seven last year. I'll buy another six next month. So I buy there. But in New York, they actually sell property. I'm an entrepreneur. So I want to buy the property as close to back taxes. Whereas a lot of people are conservative, which is good. A conservative investor wants to start out buying tax lien certificates. So let me review that. A tax lien certificate, when you buy it, you give your money to the government and you'll get your money back from the government or you'll get the property one or the other.
1: Mm -hmm. And then the tax defaulted properties, that's where you go in the bidding process. And the starting bids, usually whatever the back
0: taxes. Right. They're usually right. just the back tax. And it's always a bidding process. You have to bid on tax lien certificate. Everything you have to bid on because it's a government sale. It's always government.
1: So you bid on the tax lien certificate too, you said?
0: Yes. Tax lien certificate you bid on like a state like Florida. Florida, 18% is the maximum. Okay. So Joe wants to buy and I want to buy. We will both want to buy the same thing. So it's a shopping center and the tax on it is 100000 So you say, oh boy, I want to place $100,000 at 18%. Which is a pretty good percent when the banks are paying one or two, so you bid eighteen. So I said, oh, I'm not going to let him get it. I'm going to bid seventeen. Uh, you get mad, so you bid sixteen. Some people bid all the way down to four or five percent.
1: Okay, got it. And depending on the asset that's right. backing it up, right. that would influence the bidding process right, too. Right. And
0: there's literally millions of these. In the state of Florida, they will have one million certificates every year. One million.
1: Going on that example with the hypothetical commercial property you referenced, do you have access to historical financials of the property when you're bidding?
0: No, we have access to every property in the United States. And the round numbers is 100 million properties. We have access to every one of those through the county. So our databases are set up. So using a simple thumb drive, we can plug into every county and that takes us to every property. But the property tax assessor, The only information they hold on a property is a description of the property and then any liens or encumbrances on the property. They don't put any financial data.
1: And what due diligence do you do prior to making a bid? And you can choose to answer that either with tax liens or with tax defaulted.
0: Well, I'll give you an example. Last week I was in New York and the particular county that I'm going to go to, I won't tell you that because I don't want to create any more competition, but that county has 300 properties which they will auction in October. So I download all the listings so I can see them. In some cases, if the county is really up to speed, they'll even have your pictures on there. Or if they're using an auction company, they'll have pictures. If they're a little behind, then they won't have those. So I get that first, and then I choose the ones I want to look at. And then I either go myself or I send my crew, and we evaluate every property before we bid on it. We're not ever the high bidder. We're always the low bidder. We're really in the business and that's what we teach. We teach people to, to get an outcome, not get the property, get an outcome, how much money you want to make. So we look at all those properties. So of the 300, we're not going to bid on all of them, but we'll bid on about 10% of those. And we like to buy at 20 cents on the dollar. If it's a nice, like a colonial house or something like that, I don't know if you know, oh, you're in Cincinnati, you know, big four bedroom, two bath on a couple acres. We'll bid more on some of those because we can tidy them up and put them back out into the market. But we usually sell to fixer-upper people. Our our business is set up so we buy it low and sell it low. We really like to buy them because we know how to do that. The marketplace does not know how to do that. 80% of the people at any auction have no idea what they're doing. They're just bidding. They think it's going to be a deal. They overpaid. People don't want to get an education. They're too lazy. So they'll show up. At an auction, if there's 300 people there, 20% will be bidders And 20% of those will know what they're doing. So it's kind of an unknown business. There's a lot of secrets people just learn by studying, but they don't do that.
1: Specifically, you said you download the listings, then you look at pictures if they're available. And then you said you choose the ones you want to look at. How do you choose the ones you want to look at?
0: We go through a process of looking at a lot of things. First of all, we're going to know the county a little bit, and I won't go through all that. But if the county's got a massive outpopulation and there's a lot of uh, poverty and they've closed down all the businesses, well, that demographic and that psychographic are going to make a difference. So we look at counties, for example, I like to buy within 150 miles of New York City because that's commute distance there. So I look at the county, I look at the property, and then I look at the marketplace around it. How many are for sale? That's really easy to find out. And I look if they've got a brokerage community that is active or inactive. And then we get in a car and we actually go there and look at it. And in some counties, they'll actually let you walk on the property. Rarely can you get in. There's certain counties you can get in the property, but most you can't get in. So A person needs to learn to keep their bidding low because, you know, sometimes you walk on a property the ceiling's caved in or they've had a roof leak. Or as you know, in Cincinnati, it gets cold. So places like anything north, if it hasn't been winterized, the house could be ruined. Like I buy in Cleveland and Cuyahoga County. I've been in houses in Cuyahoga County that had a foot of ice in them, a foot. So you can't buy that house. If you buy that house, you're going to have to tear it down. It's a tear down.
1: Mm -hmm. So the way you could lose money is if you pay too much at the auction and you've come across something like you just described and you can't sell it back, even the dirt back for what you paid.
0: Yeah, you shouldn't pay any more than the dirt or a little bit more. Now, I'm not a fixer-upper guy, so I'm going to be super conservative and teach that. But Fixer-upper guys will buy those. They'll drain all that water out of it. And they'll clean it out and dry it out and pick up those hardwood floors. But they'll have to replace sheetrock and whatever because water does a lot of damage you know, if you have broken pipes and whatever, especially if they're upstairs and drips down. So the best way to explain it is... It's an abundant world. By that, I mean, most people don't know this, but there's 5,000 tax auctions every year, 5,000. So I don't think I've ever seen one with less than 25 or 30, but some have thousands of properties for sale. So this is a big business. People just don't know about it.
1: Why do you look for an active brokerage community? Is that for the resale?
0: Yeah, for resale because... I'm looking for a brokerage community because I know enough ways to sell using Craigslist, eBay, get on all the different electronic sites and so on. But the average person that I'm teaching to do it, they're going to to learn the tax lien business, but their weakness is always going to be, and I've been teaching it for 20 years, so I know that the weakness of the market is sales. They'll buy right, but then they don't know what to do and they make a mess of it and they end up holding too long and the next year's taxes come and then people get in the house and do more damage or whatever. And so the... I'm always looking to see if there's a program. just put a property on the market last Saturday, and it's only one of 27 in that part of the county, in that township. A township's one of 27 and there's 72 brokers. <laughs> wow. I love it. I love it. Mm.
1: You mentioned the last part of the process is to evaluate the property before you bid on it and you bid on 10 percent of them. What about those 10 percent from a number standpoint? is it they're all 20 cents on the dollar or is there something else on top of that?
0: Oh, there's quite a bit on top of that. First of all, when I say I'm going to try to get 10%, if I look at an auction list of 300, I'm probably only going to choose about 30. You don't want to try to choose everything on there. You'll never get anything done. My point is it's abundance. There's going to be too many. The amount of properties available are way too many. You cannot handle it. And if you've got a hedge fund on here, they can't handle it. There's too much there. So I narrow it down to what I think are going to be the, best 10 that I can resell. I'm only interested in reselling. I don't buy them to rent them. I want to resell. So I only look at properties that I know I can resell. And then if I'm going to buy that property and it's worth, let's say the neighborhood's got a 400000 a 600000 and now I got this auction property. And so I look at it and I say, you know, will that thing bring in somewhere around 400000 If it would do that, do I want to bid 10%? Sure. Will I get it? No. Because there's going to be someone else savvy enough to bid more than that. But I know from going to auctions for 20 years, very few people will bid over 50 grand for anything, and it'll be down to two people in the room when it gets to 100. So I'm prepared to go the six figures because if I can get a $400,000 house for 100, i am buying it right now.
1: How does the process work when you're doing the bidding? Does it vary based on county?
0: Most of the properties on tax liens, there's over a hundred different ways to bid on tax lien certificates. Some of them are up, some of them are down, some of them are sideways. Sometimes it's a percentage of property, but tax defaulted property, that's what the entrepreneur wants, property that can get cheap. That's generally starting out real close to the back taxes. And then it's just a battle of who's going to do a good job or what you ended up in the auction room. Now, if there's three or 400 properties, I can tell you, it's probably going to take a good auctioneer two days to get through it. So the first day, simple strategy, you'd figure this out in 10 seconds. Everybody's crazy to buy on that first day, right? Mm-hmm. And then the second day, nobody's there. <laughs> yep. So you got to have some state power. You got to say, all right, well, that one came up first. So I probably won't get it. But number 72, I got a good chance. It's not like betting on horses, but you're getting the idea. You're going to have to think it out. We have auction classes that last three days. We take people all the way there. Now, we can't be in the auction room when they're bidding because the counties and state won't let us, but we teach them how to do that before we go. They practice in a room in a hotel. They practice all that, and then they go there, and we've had people, six of them go and six of them get a property. Now, that's the best. Uh, We've also had six of them go and none of them got a property, so you get the idea.
1: Based on your experience in this space, what is your best real estate investing advice ever?
0: Buy low and sell high. That's easy. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, you buy low and sell low, though.
0: I do because I have a different strategy. I'm a strategist. I figured that out a long time ago. I want to sell to all the guys that are on your podcast. They want to go fix it up and they want to go do all that stuff. I don't want to do any of that. I do. If I have to, I I don't want to hire the crew. I just want to get in and get out. I want to be in the knowledge business. That's what I want to be in. Mm -hmm. To buy low
1: and sell low. Can you give us an example of just some numbers on a deal
0: that you did recently? Sure. I won't be exact, but I did two in Albany, New York this year. First one at 140 value. That was a tax assessed value because no one will be able to believe a broker, and no one will believe you or me. So the tax assessed value was 142 or something like that. We went in, we cleaned it out. There was bears on the property. There was deer. There was whatever. But it took a couple of weeks to get the electricity on and make sure all the plumbing was okay. And we sold it for 71 or two. So that was half. So that gave the fixer upper guy plenty, and I paid 38 for it. Mm.
1: And how long of a turnaround was it?
0: It's probably five months. In New York, you have to wait three months to get the deed. It takes, okay. You're working with the government, so you can't go and say, give me the deed. In Texas, they give you the deed right now at the auction, but every place is a little different. So don't hold me to exact anything on the call because I can only recite the states that I'm in buying mm-hmm. because every state, but it's not difficult because when you want to buy, it's the government. So they disclose everything. So an auction brochure will have 35 pages, 40 pages, all the disclosures.
1: What's the most challenging state to do a transaction in? New York. And why is that? Not from a political standpoint, but what specifically makes you say that?
0: It's all political because New York is over government. They have a state government, they have a county government, and then they have a township government. Every one of those is a tax. So keep that in mind. So New York is going to have a property tax, which is, depending upon where you are in the state, it's double what it would be in Florida. Mm. And so they're bureaucratic system is very slow, very cumbersome. You don't need townships anymore, and you probably don't need counties unless you got four or five million people. California, for an example, only has about 40 counties, yet they're the biggest state in the union. They don't have a lot of counties. Texas has a lot of counties. They have 250 counties, but neither California or Texas has townships. Townships are these little things that slow everything down to an absolute stall. So New York is a difficult state for people to buy in.
1: You ready for the best ever lightning round?
0: I don't know what that is. What's that?
1: I'm going to ask you some questions and you'll provide just some quick hitting answers.
0: Who knows? I might know some of them. <laughs> All right.
1: First, though, let's welcome our sponsors for the show. Today's sponsor, Patch of Land, has got the document for you that you've got to check out if you're a fix and flipper. They show you how a higher interest rate can actually deliver a lower cost to your fix and flip loan, and conversely, how a lower interest rate could deliver a higher cost to your fix and flip loan. Needless to say, you got to know this stuff to identify the best loan terms. Go to Patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. Get this document, Patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. Feeling lost on your roadmap to wealth? Tune in to the newly launched REI Foundation podcast where hosts Jason and Peely give you all the steps and missteps towards achieving your investing dreams. Featuring interviews from top industry professionals, make sure you listen and subscribe to REI Foundation podcast at Com. All right, best ever book you've read?
0: There's two. The first one would be The Art of War, Sun Tzu. And the second one I just recommended to everybody is Perry Marshall's 80-20. Yeah, it's a great book. Yeah.
1: Best ever deal you've done?
0: I bought a high-rise office building for 10% down, syndicated the whole thing, wrote off 500% and then traded it into 600 apartment units. I did all that in two years.
1: What's the mistake you've made on a transaction?
0: It's not one transaction. It's an overall strategy of what you should do in real estate. People don't understand that real estate, they don't understand real estate. They think real estate always goes up, or they think real estate goes up steady. It does not. It has huge cycles. And if you don't understand the cycle, you're probably going to go bankrupt
1: what's the best place the best ever listeners can get in touch with you?
0: Just go to tedthomas.com. we got a little basic question and answer stuff there. There's little free videos they can watch. So if someone wants to start small, that's the place to be. I'm really not in the small business. I'm really in the outcome business where I teach people on the high end. But nowadays, you have to have something on the web for three 400 bucks. So we do have that, but that's not the client we're looking for. We're looking for people that want to make 10000 $20,000 every month and do that all year long because we're really in the business of teaching them how to buy and sell those tax defaulted properties. But we teach the other because you're not part of the business unless you do some of that stuff.
1: Ted, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for talking about both tax liens and also the tax defaulted properties and also going through that due diligence process that you go through when you evaluate a tax defaulted property one get the downloaded listings you look at the pictures if they're available then you choose the ones you want to look at based on knowing the county knowing the economic factors like jobs that sort of thing looking at the property if available walking around the marketplace or having a team do that seeing how active the brokerage community is because it's about the quick turnaround on the sell that's where a lot of the rookies get burned And then ultimately bidding on roughly 10% of them. And those are the best ones that you know you can resell. So thanks for being on the show. Don't go, don't go,
0: don't go. Wait a second. Joe. Yeah? You're doing a great job. I'm not just saying that to blow smoke at you. I do a lot of webinars and i do a lot of these calls and you're on the ball. You're doing a great job. You're really helping your clients. You're providing a great service.
1: I appreciate that, especially given that you have been on a lot of these interviews and I know you're speaking from experience. So thanks for being on the show. Really grateful that you're on. Hope you have a best ever day. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Feeling lost on your roadmap to wealth? Tune in to the newly launched REI Foundation podcast where hosts Jason and Peely give you all the steps and missteps towards achieving your investing dreams. Featuring interviews from top industry professionals. Make sure you listen and subscribe to REI Foundation Podcast at com.